Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Undiscovered You, a podcast for 20, 30, and 40-year-olds who feel like they have so much more to offer but are somehow stuck where they are. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnston, and this season, we'll be speaking about the skills that pay the bills. I'm extremely excited to have Philippa Bird with me here today. Philippa, it's so good to see you. How are you? Hi, lovely Kimberly. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. <laughs> Having the best day. Um, so, <laughs> made better, obviously, by speaking to you. Of course. <laughs> it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me in. My pleasure. And so, Philippa, can you just tell us a little bit about what you're doing now and sort of backtrack from there and how you got there? I'd love to hear a bit about your career journey because it's it's quite a cool one. Yeah, of course. So at the moment, I'm working within quite a large financial services group um, and I am a, a senior manager in um, a team that specializes in employee engagement and communication so that's really about um sort of making sure that our um staff members within our teams are i guess like satisfied they're developing they're happy to be there um they see the light they see a future (laughs) um so you know it's quite it's quite a complicated role i guess um because there are lots of different things to think about but um it's really interesting as well um, and it's, you know, there's a lot of sort of culture change around it, culture change piece. And um, really thinking about the different experiences that people have when they're part of such a big organisation um, and the different things they need to um, sort of be able to thrive in their roles. Um, going back, I guess, uh, the job I was in before this was around diversity and inclusion. So again, people facing um, quite close to colleagues, um, and looking at different groups and different experiences uh, and again working out like how we can help people thrive where they are and just get that really good experience um, of working life I guess uh, and you know if they do have aspirations what do they need to get them to the next place and that can be different for different groups. Um, I guess what's interesting about my career story is that a few years ago I did quite an industry switch. Okay. So for the first Um, This will tell you how old I am, but for the first um, almost two decades of my career, I was in media. So um, I was working in broadcast uh, and a lot of the roles are very, they were people focused, but in a different way. So thinking about audience segmentation, thinking about marketing to underserved audiences. Then eventually I found my way into diversity and inclusion um, and really, really enjoyed that. So when it came to... um, I had a bit of a career break to look after my kids. And then when I came back to work, I thought, you know what? Let me try a completely different environment. And I guess that's why I'm really excited to be here today and talk about sort of skills that pay the bills um, and thinking about skills in terms of not something that will keep you in the same lane for your whole life, but something you can actually use if you want to have different experiences at work. And that's one of the things I'm so excited to have you on as well, because a lot of people who may be listening are kind of thinking about, you're, you almost are in a career and you sort of see the ladder ahead of you. And, you know, a lot of times that ladder is quite jammed at the top. And, you know, sometimes they say, look at your career like a jungle gym. And if you're in a big organization, you can go to different areas and that kind of thing. Yeah. But sometimes people really 
balk at that idea of moving between sectors. But yeah. that's something that you did. And what I what I picked up immediately was that, you know, you were talking about audiences when you were in media, whereas in finance you would talk about customers. But it's the it's the same, it's the same thing. thing. It's the same yeah. thing. <laughs> exactly. It's just different vernacular, but it's the same thing. Exactly. And you know, you're basically trying to get people to do something with their behavior, whether that's to watch a program or to engage with an online service or to um, buy a mortgage or to, you know, buy protection, insurance. Like you're just trying to get people to make decisions that will benefit your product at the end of the day. So it is very, very similar. And it's, you know, a lot about knowing that audience, knowing your customer. Um, And yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a similar approach. And so when when you made that jump, I mean, for anybody who's listening who may be sitting in a career, you know, in media and thinking about finance or finance thinking about media, probably more likely. Um, (laughs) 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 Bitter. Um, (laughs) If you were thinking about a career move like that, what are some of the things that you considered and thought about that actually gave you the catalyst to make that jump? Like what, what did you sit down and look at your resume? Did you look at your resume and say, Oh, here are some transferable skills I could do. Or did you look at job descriptions and say, nah, I could do a couple of those things. Like what it would look like. You know what? It's, it's a bit of both. And I think for me, I've always been probably more strong on the soft skill side of stuff. So mm. um, I am a people person, like, for sure. But in terms of like relationship management, in terms of like understanding different audience groups, understanding diversity, understanding behaviors, um, communication, like that kind of stuff that um, is really transferable. So I think what I did was I stood back and I thought, what are the things that I already have in my backpack of tricks that I can just move across? And that it actually doesn't matter what industry in you're in you can use them wherever you are um and I think that's what I did and I think there's some really for me there's probably three things that I have always sort of used as my um I guess my strongest skills so when I've gone for interviews or when I've you know been looking at jobs that are out there I think I think I've always sort of honed in on these three and they are um sort of communication And that sounds really broad when you say communication. Mm. But, um, you know, if you say that you're really strong in communication, I think you need to sort of quantify that. So I always talk about being able to, for example, turn something complicated or awkward into something palatable Mm. or being able to communicate to different audiences. So you can kind of pivot it depending on the situation in the company that you're trying to get into. (laughs) Get what I mean? The second thing I would say would be around decision making so it's a skill that not a lot of people really highlight that they have but I think it's so important especially if you're trying to move into a big organization because there's a lot of people involved in everything Mm -hmm. and there is a bit of death by collaboration sometimes but if you're somebody who can come in and can take that slight risk and say do you know what I'm happy to put my name by this and to make decisions and to back up my decisions with a coherent argument then I think if you can sort of bring that into your narrative of your skills, I think that's really, really important. 
Um, and then finally, I'd say strategic thinking. And I think that's a leadership skill. So even if you're not in a leadership position, I think anybody can build strategic thinking into their skill set and use it. And it sounds complicated and scary sometimes when you say, oh, st- strategic thinking. But what it means is sort of knowing where you're heading, knowing where you are, and what that bridges to get there. And if you think about it, we've all done that, like whether it's through studying, you know, what's my strategy to finish this paper? Or whether it's, you know, working in a customer service environment, what's my strategy to deliver the best customer service I can? You know, and thinking, what are the steps that I need to get there and what are the outcomes? So, you know, I think we're so lucky now, Kimberly, there's so much stuff online around this stuff. Um, And it's just finding those key strengths that you can transfer and that you can pivot to include whatever is that's important to the next person that you're talking to if that makes sense absolutely and I think you just proved through describing strategic thinking in a palatable way that you are very good at communication so you proved your first point by describing your thank you yes well done (laughs) well done you have the job I'll hire you yes I appreciate that can we talk salary (laughs) yeah Uh, zero currently (laughs) it's a volunteer job um But I think I think that's so important that the the idea of kind of grabbing three skills that that you can demonstrate that would go across sectors would go across jobs is really important. Management of people is another one. So mm-hmm. if you're someone that's had that management experience, that's something that can uh, again go across uh, across genres, sectors, yes, and, and jobs. And I think a lot of times unpacking what a job description is is one of the most valuable things you can do. And and I don't know if you have any top tips on that. Have you ever kind of looked at a job description and at first glance been like, what are they going on about? Oh my gosh. Like I have had serious job description. I don't know, like fog. Yeah. So you start reading it and then you lose focus, like literally lose focus. You're like, what are they on about? So I have to sort of come away and look again. Um, this is really bad to admit, but quite often I read the job description, mm-hmm. have a wee scan of the, uh, I think what you what you really need to hone in on is the essentials. Yes. So once you've got a feel for the company, you've, got, you've read the job advert, as long as you read those essentials and know that you pretty much match up to maybe at least 40% of them, then give it a good go if you've got a passion for that job. Don't ever think that because you don't tick every box, you're not going to get a, you know, a conversation because Mm -hmm. you might, there might be something in what you put forward about yourself that grabs their imagination. So, yeah. I I totally agree with that. And I think the other thing is people also sometimes are looking for something outside of the mold that they already have. And so they will look at whatever application that you have put in and they will grab onto that and say, Ooh, this person's a bit different. And those kind of essential skills, as you say, sometimes the description of the job is in lingo that is only used within an organization. And you can look up some of the words. You know, that's a top tip. Obviously, yeah. start grab Google and just be like, what in the world is strategic thinking? What does that mean? You yeah. Know, and, and trying to do a bit of research <laughs> onto it. But you don't, I mean, exactly as you said, you get the brain frog, fog. I like lose the will to live if I'm reading it. Yeah. I don't know what it means. I'm getting lost in the words. But I think that's such a good idea is give it a go. If you look, if you read those essential skills, you are interested in working at that company because the other thing is get into the company and then you can go do something else once you get to know the company a bit. hundred percent. Absolutely. And I'd also throw in there controversially that a lot of job ads and job descriptions are written to formula. 
Mm-hmm. So what they're looking for might not actually be what's on the paper, but you'll get a general gist. What I also really like is sort of just going into actual websites of companies that are recruiting and just having a look at the, you know, about the team, like seeing what's the vibe there. What do they look like? Is there anyone, you know... Is there anyone that looks like me? Not so much does anybody look like me, but, you know, actually, that's a really good point. Like, how diverse are they? You know, is it the type of place that you want to go? What are they saying about diversity and inclusion? What are they saying about um, benefits? Is it the type of place that you want to work? I think that, you know, we've got quite a lot of power, actually, as, as, you know, job seekers and employees now. So I think we really have to make sure that where we're applying, not not just sort of matches what we want in terms of package, but in terms of vibe, in terms of what they stand for, in terms of values. I think it's so important. It's absolutely something that, you know, this kind of, the kind of corporate conscience is what they're calling it. And it's sort of the corporates have this responsibility in terms of helping with environmental impact and making sure Mm -hmm. that they are keeping up to date on inclusion and diversity. And we as the consumer even if you're going and applying for a role there, you can ask questions. You can challenge Absolutely. them on things. You can challenge them on, on well, okay, this is what it says that you do on your website, but give me some examples of that and find out and speak to them about, can I talk to three people that are in this team? Just to get yeah, an idea of, yeah, it's, it's kind of just, and it's almost like not using the whole interview process as I've got to prove myself to them that I'm good enough for mm-hmm. this job, but actually take the time to think about, do I actually want to work at this place? And especially big name organizations that look good on a CV, there is absolutely credibility in going there and, and slogging it out for the two years and coming out with them on your CV. But is that really what you want to do with those formidable two years? Or would you yeah. rather work for an organization that's doing good and you know actually can, can help you develop as a human being? Yeah, and I, I do think there's there's a sweet spot. Not a lot of people find that, you know, through various reasons. And sometimes, to be frank and believe, like, we just have to work to support our families to 100%. pay the bills, like, 100%, 100% right? Yep. But there is a sweet spot. I would hope that everybody finds in their career that is somewhere between sort of doing something that you're really good at, mm-hmm. feeling that you're appreciated for who you are, mm-hmm. and making people's lives better. 100%. Like, what's That's that it. kind of intersection? Like, doesn't everybody want, can you imagine if you could wake up and go, yeah, that's where I'm going today. Like, I would hope that everybody finds that in their career. Yep. It's like that Venn diagram. You remember when you do Venn diagrams? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like getting that little sweet spot right in the middle. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what I love is, so this is, again, we were talking about the skills that pay the bills and, you know, we've talked about kind of looking at those job um, advertisements in a little bit of a different way, Mm -hmm. thinking about those three core skills that you have. Also, just just kind of stepping back and recognizing, and I think it takes time. I think you need to recognize who you are, what you're good at, um, and not lie. <laughs> Don't lie not to lie, yes. but you also you do need to tell the story tell in the your story. own way. So don't tell it in a way that you think, you know, in some corporate way that you think will work everywhere. Like tell the story in your own words. Tell your story. If you've had a career break, like this is a big thing for me. I took. I've taken two career breaks. Once was maternity leave. The second one was to look after my kids when they were a bit older. So that's quite unusual. Um, and I'm really proud of that. But, you know, some people are like, what, what were you doing in those two and a half years? My God, like, were you like drug dealing? Like, what is it? You know, so it's like telling, you have to tell your story. You have to have your story straight in terms of your skills, in terms of any breaks. 
And actually, do you know what? I tell that story as I'm this ret- I'm a returner. I went away to develop myself, etc. And I'm coming back with loads more energy, loads more ideas, with these skills that I've got from volunteer work, etc. So it's your story. It's your story and you can tell it any way you want. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. And I had um, I had a guy I was coaching once and he was really struggling getting a job and he couldn't quite understand why. And he was sort of walking me through his resume. And as he went through it, it was really piecemeal and all over the place. And he was just like, I did this and this, and then I went there and then I decided to go here and then I went there. And yeah. I was like, okay, no one's hiring you because they think you jump from place to place. No, I said, no, no. you need to figure out what is that strand? What's the string? What is What holds us all together? What is it that motivates you to work at these places? What, about, what is it that motivates you to get out of bed and then create the story around that? Yeah, absolutely. That's really, really powerful. Um, and your story is always going to be different from someone else's. So I think exactly. we can often look to other people, for instance, on you know certain social media platforms, and you see these amazing careers. But actually, do you know what? When you kind of have a little look in their profile, like nothing is as what you think it's going to be. Like everybody has like some kind of oddness to their career. Like, and I actually think you know people who. <laughs> Again, controversially, but, you know, is the goal to stay somewhere for 25 years? Or does that say something about you as well? So you can take everything different ways. You can. Just because you move around, I don't think that's necessarily a negative, but you're right. It's about how you tell it, how you link it together. You know, why did you do that? There's probably a strategic reason, actually. So tell that story. Be proud of it. Yeah, and work out what that story is before you walk into an interview. That's my that's my hundred <laughs> percent. Don't try to wing it when you walk in there. And I think one of the things that I I have also found in my career, exactly as you said, that comparison game and how senior people are and what they're doing, especially if you've graduated with them from somewhere. Yeah, and you're oh constantly gosh, that's like, oh killer. gosh, I know. You're like, look at that person. And <laughs> yeah. I, I recently um, I recently had a guest on uh, Michelle Taylor, and she talked about how um, her one piece of advice was the only person to compare yourself to is the person in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And I I loved that piece of advice. And I keep kind of coming back to that because what I think about is, you know, when you're telling your story, when you're looking at your skills, when you're looking at your transferable skills, the first thing to not do is don't talk yourself down to yourself. 100%. Because, I mean, why would why would I hire you if you don't, you don't even believe <laughs> yeah. in yourself? Yeah. You know, and just so it's like, it's like if you are comparing yourself to somebody else, talking yourself down, stop. That's my, my big piece of yeah. advice to anybody listening. And then the next piece of advice is look at your CV again. I don't know if you've done this, but you know how your CV's in a drawer for a really long time until you're like, oh, I yes. kind of need to change. I need to do something. And you pull it out and you read what you did and you're like, I'm a badass. I'm amazing. This is the best person ever. Check me out. Yeah. And actually, I, did. I would add on to that. Um, with that CV thing, um, keep it alive. Like yeah. that should be a living dynamic document, document, not just for when you're looking for a job. Update it every six months or, or more sooner. And you will realize like what you've done, what you're strong at, you're hone in on those super skills that are sort of emerging. I'd really, you know, even if you've only had one job or, you know, some work experience, like just have that CV up there on your desktop keep looking at it and you know you might get some more ideas or inspiration keep going with it and then just going back to something else you said Kimberly before like there absolutely is and I think it leads on from comparison a real anxiety around skills like around the topic of skills Mm. so we do underestimate ourselves we do undersell ourselves 
Um, certain pe- people do it more than other people as well. And we, do, we don't always sort of stop and realise that we're all in the same boat and nobody knows anything 100%. Like, nobody. Skills are about growth. Skills can be acquired. Skills can be improved. Like, nobody's got it all nailed down. So, you know, this is where your passion comes in and this is where sort of finding that sweet spot, isn't it? And just thinking, well, what are those skills that I really want to enhance and sell and be proud of? So just never, never underestimate yourself because I think we've all got such amazing stuff in our little backpacks of tricks that we probably don't even think about. And that's where that sort of keeping your CV updated as well will bring that to the front. And and I would add one more thing onto that is that you'll see gaps in your CV. So you'll notice actually, this is a place I probably want to build this out a bit more so I can go and develop that skill in the role I'm in now. So it's almost like you can use it as a development tool. I think so. The other beautiful thing about CVs is that they've changed a lot, come to find out. They sure have. (laughs) From when I used to apply for jobs. So if you're in your 40s and you're listening to this, go check out somebody's CV in their 20s. It looks a lot different from our like black and white with your name and address at the top. And yeah, it's like that. And stuff. It's cool. Etsy, I found out. Here I am sounding like a granny. I found out the other day and I went on. Etsy, you can buy these cool little templates for like £3.50 that some nice designer has made, like some super cool hipster designer. And you literally whack your CV in it, £3.50, and it looks beautiful. That's amazing. And that's the thing, it's yeah. visual now. It's like, it's you visual. know, do you remember in um, Legally Blonde? <laughs> yes. She gets the pink CV and she sprays it with her perfume. Love that. <laughs> Make yourself individual. She's the one that came up with that. Come on, Elle Woods. You got some credit there. <laughs> And what do you think about um, sort of your, I have mixed feelings, so, you know, certain sort of professional social media networks and having your CV up there. Should yeah. that, do you think that should reflect your actual CV or, you know, how important is that profile? Because it's sort of the window of yourself to the world, isn't it? it? It absolutely is. And I mean, number one top tip for everyone listening is make sure your LinkedIn picture is professional. Like you do, it's not, it's not Instagram. It's not Facebook. You do not need to be in Damn, bathing suits. I, need to sort that out. I know. I'm it's, I'm actually talking to you, <laughs> Philippa. I saw that bathing suit photo out there. <laughs> it was a one piece. It's okay. <laughs> We joke. Um, But yeah, I just make sure it's a professional photo where you look good and you don't have to go to a professional photographer, use your iPhone, good lighting, iPhone, sorry, use your phone. Other phones are available, available, apparently. And, you know, I have not been drinking. I sound like a Philippa, you brought up the worst thing today. It's late. <laughs> but yeah, use your use your phone. Uh, take a really good photo of yourself and no. absolutely 100% get that up there. And I think with the CV point, main, main headlines are essential. Do not add the detail. Like that does not need to be in there. Kind of no. where have you worked? What's the name of the position? Maybe Whoa. a little bit about something you did extra on there if that's there. But I, I don't know. What's your opinion? What do you think about that? Right. So I, my top tips for CVs are two pages, no more than two pages, oh, or definitely. even one page. If you do one page, do one page. Just yeah. thinking about the people going through a pile of CVs, right? Um, I actually have right at the top in very, very big font, my name. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge. Biggest, biggest thing yeah. on there. Yeah. And okay. then under my name, I almost have like a marketing tagline, so... If I'm applying for, if I was applying for a job in diversity, for example, I'd put diversity and inclusion manager. 
if I was applying for a job in communications, I'd put communications on the diversity specialist. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. say, this I is like me. And, and you can decide who you are. Like, it doesn't need to be your job title at that time. It can just be who you are as you're applying for that job. Like, how are you presenting yourself to that job? And then within my CV, it's actually not that wordy. Um, so I have a little bit of description, bullet points. Bullet points for your friend. Are key. They're key. Absolutely your friend um, under each job. And then I kind of have this funky uh, column on the left, which is skills. So just shouting out the key skills. I have like six key skills on the left. Um, you don't need to put on references, any of that business. You don't need to put on your full address anymore. Like that's a bit creepy. Like I think we've moved forward. Thank God. You don't need to put on your photo on your actual CV that you send in. Um, and the other thing I've noticed, which might be a bit of a development, is that you don't always have to do covering letters nowadays either. Mm, I so, didn't know that. That's news yeah, to me. That is news to me. Sometimes it's optional. So um, I don't know, you know, whether it's preferable or not, but I just always think if they're getting piles and piles of the stuff and literally they're going to the CV first, like maybe don't need, I don't know. I'll just play it as it goes, make a judgment. But you don't necessarily need to send your entire life history in. And- I don't know. Have you done recruitment? Have you been on the other side of recruitment as well? Where you I have, had to, yeah. I have to say, I'm going to completely echo what you have to say there. Less is more. Yeah. Like what I'm looking for is, do they have experience? Have they done or are they a follower? So are they the doer or are they the person that's kind of helped with? Yes. You know, that's one of the really big things I look for. And also, are they passionate about whatever it is that we're hiring them for? So, you know, right. if we're hiring you, if it, let's say we work in a, in a car dealership and we're hiring mm-hmm. you to come into the car dealership, I want to know that you're passionate about automobiles and something in your CV needs to tell me that you're passionate about automobiles. It might be you're passionate about motorcycles and you want to move into automobiles. Mm-hmm. You might, it might be Formula One. You might love Formula One and all you want to do is be surrounded by cars all day. But share whatever it is that you're passionate about. Because if if I see no passion for whatever the area is, yeah. and I see no kind of leadership quality, it doesn't mean you had to lead a group. It doesn't mean you had to lead a team. It doesn't mean you had to lead something. But no leadership quality is like owning a piece of work moving it forward, that kind of stuff. Those are the types of things. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's all in the language. And there will be clues in the job advert, bearing in mind that a lot of CVs are sifted by AI these days. True. There will be clues in your job advert for keywords. And use the job advert. Is around, use the words. Exactly. Use, use the words that highlight are in the job. It. Highlight them. Get it highlight in there. Highlight it. If Get it, it says there. leadership, put leadership, leadership in there. Bold. Bold that Oh, thing. absolutely. Yeah. And going back on myself, disagreeing with myself for a second here, <laughs> if your CV doesn't demonstrate that you love cars, that's mm. when a covering letter will come Get into play. covering letter on there. Absolutely. It will come into but, play. And your covering letter does not have to be super techie, technical, like going into the technicals. No. That's what the interview is all about. All they want to see, as you said, you're in, I would say your CV probably gets 30 seconds to a minute in that first mm-hmm. sift. It's a really quick like, okay, name, here's where they've worked. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And then right. the yes pile is when they kind of maybe go through it and say, all right, who do we want to bring to interview off the back of this? So you want to jump out. And interesting, you said no photos on CVs because I've seen it both ways. I've gotten oh, both. Cool. We don't have, I've never had a policy about if anybody puts their photo, we're saying no. But I was reading recently, uh, it might've been a podcast I was listening to and they were saying, if I get a CV with a photo, it's an automatic no. 
which I thought was really interesting. That's harsh. That's harsh. That's so, harsh. And I don't know how you know that or you don't know that. So, and do you know what? This is where we're sort of in an in-between stage because we've been like, no photos for ages. That's really ages. dated. But now we have LinkedIn and now, yeah. we have, now we're putting our face on everything. So perhaps yes. we're moving to that hybrid I know. it's okay it's, and it's like know, your it's, brand because it used to be brand. yeah what do you why are you putting your photo on here we don't care what you look like we care about how you work yeah you know yeah. but now it's kind of that branding thing yeah so I, I'm gonna leave that one up in the air but I think I think leave it up in the air mm, do you know yeah. what <clears throat> for anyone listening who might be thinking oh god I don't know what to do now they've really confused me call up get through Ask the recruitment department of whatever if you're worried about it call up recruitment department and say you know what's what's your preferred Format, photo or no photo, photo. Yeah. they don't care. Just yeah. ask them. Ask the question. And they probably won't even remember question. you are the person that called them. Like they won't be like, oh, remember that Philippa yeah. girl? She called and asked <laughs> about the photo. They're going to be like, yeah, no photo, yeah. hang up. Or we don't care, exactly. hang up. That's it. Candidate 30247. Know, exactly. Exactly. Out. 24601. That's what the candidate <laughs> number is right there. <laughs> um, the last thing I'm going to say about CVs, what, how do you feel, Kimberly, about sort of a little statement at the top? I think that's I, it's very unique. Um, I think I would I would give a little like oh I like that if I saw that. Yeah. yeah. What I love about it is that kind of defining yourself by your passion and what you want to do. That's what really strikes me about it. So I think, as you say, you have a title, you have a job description, you have a place where you work, but that gives you that option to define yourself, and I actually really love that. Mm. I think yeah. it's a nugget. I've kind of gone, I think it's a nugget. gone for that through my whole yeah. career. Yeah. It's a nugget, and you can also put a little bit of spicy personality in there in a professional way. In a professional way, yeah. For wordsmithing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay, well, we are we are unbelievably coming close to time. Um, and I can't believe, I just literally looked down at the timer no. and I cannot believe that we're almost at time. Uh, but I have to ask you our two final questions um, that we ask every single one of our guests. Uh, first question okay. is called the undiscovered you um, along this mm. path, switching industries, recognizing your transferable skills, kind of picking those three skills out, applying for jobs, getting CVs together. What have you actually discovered about yourself along the way? This is a, re- this is a really good question. I guess the answer is like not just about myself, but about everyone else. So this is going to make you laugh. But I have learned that I can wing it like the best of them. <laughs> but it took me a while to realize that nobody knows everything. Yeah. And often you do feel like you're faking it. But actually, I've been reflecting that sometimes faking it is making it. I like it. It's not fake Thank it till you. you make it. Faking it is. Is making it. <laughs> Yeah, but I really, I really do think like I have learned that. Yeah, I'm just, I'm as, I'm as good as the people that I've sort of aspired to be like. And I think, I think that's it. It's grabbing that confidence, and it's the confidence to know that not everyone else in the room is smarter than you. Not everyone else in the room is more qualified than you. Not everyone else in the room, you know, even if they all went to Harvard, Yale, Cambridge, and Oxford. You know, mm-hmm. even if they have, <laughs> they're surrounded by degrees, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean they know the subject matter better than you do. So it's kind it's recognizing exact, find those strengths, find those superpowers, find the things 
that make you uniquely you and don't be Mm -hmm. the person in front of you. Don't try to emulate them and mirror them. Be you and bring yourself there and bring your skills there. And while you say it's fake it till you make it, faking it is making it. It's also being your whole self, being your authentic self and showing up as your authentic self is making it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's really tiring trying to do anything else. Oh, it's so tiring. <laughs> All right. So final question. What is, you've given us some nuggets of advice. So I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for this one. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Best piece of advice I've ever received? Probably in terms of career, because that's what this is about. Um, keep your eye outside. So watch the market. And you can apply this to skills, to careers. So keep your eyes on what's happening out there in terms of the job market, the types of jobs. And you're thinking about not just your next job, but the one after that. Like, where do you want to be? What kind of jobs exist now that fit that? And, you know, in the areas I work in, it's evolving really, really fast. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing some really exciting opportunities. So it's just keeping my eye on that, seeing what they look like, even if I'm not quite ready for it, seeing what skills are in those job ads, what companies are recruiting for those types of roles. Um, and then, yeah, all the stuff we've talked about today, just sort of starting to shape it around that stuff. Can I add one more? Yeah, yeah. Which is on, kind of a confirmation on. of what we've already talked about. But yeah, just owning your own story, narrating your own story and telling your own story. Nobody else can tell it for you. You're the only one who can shape it. It's like one of those, yeah, pick your own endings. Like you can pick your own ending. You're not in any lane. Nobody can tell you what you're good at, what you're not good at, where you're gonna be. It's up to you. I love it. I love it. And I would I would add on that whole idea yeah. of keeping an eye on the market is also, you know, we live in a super fast-paced developing environment, as you said. And even yes. if you if you keep your eye on what's happening outside, you can actually bring that into your organization and help them be more competitive. And you can create yes. your own space and create your own job and say, you know, listen, we're really lacking in this area. I would love to pick this up, own it, and develop it. Do that in the organization you're in and yeah. then get paid twice as much to do it externally in two years. So 100% Thank follow, you. Yeah, follow the market, forward vision, build your own space, build your own world, but um, absolutely be true to yourself in the middle of all this. Philippa, I've had the best time chatting with you. This has been awesome. And I think you've given our listeners so much amazing advice. It's been so good. Loved it. Thank you so much for inviting me. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as I did. Join us next week when I speak to Hannah Bronwyn all about how she has the skills that pay the bills. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment below. And I hope you are one step closer to discovering the undiscovered you.